0: Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. Happy Lent. Happy Lent, and is that a thing? Sure. Let's have a Happy Lent. Yeah. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. Hi, Dom. Blessed Lent. Blessed oh, Lent, too. Oh. That's even better. That's a, that's a nice one. Uh, I, I wish you could say Happy Lent. Yes. Yep. I was recently looking back at uh, some of our previous episodes, and I looked back a couple years ago to uh, the Ash Wednesday, our episode right around Ash Wednesday of 2020. And uh, our topic was how to give up tech for Lent. And I was <laughs> laughing because that Lent. We were on our tech even more because we had to zoom to mass and all the other yep. things. So, yeah, that that was kind of ironic. Let's not have another Lent like that.
1: No. No. Yes.
0: no. Uh, although this Lent is uh, definitely penitential to, on a serious note. And that's what's mm. going to be one of our uh, first topics. Uh, but before we get to that, a couple things I want to... Uh, Recommend another show on the StarQuest network that you're sure to enjoy, especially if you're getting into Lenta right now. It's American Catholic History. It's at sqpn.com/slash history or wherever fine podcasts are found. Definitely check it out. I want to give a little tech tip right off the bat. This is my little tech tip. This is uh, something I came up with, uh, I, I implemented in my own home. Uh, if you have network-attached storage devices or other network hardware like your router or a Wi-Fi, uh, you might want to invest in an uninterruptible uninterruptible it's hard for me to say I power supply. <laughs> UPS. Uh so I have a network attached storage. I you know, I have a Wi Fi router, the the modem from the the internet provider, that sort of thing. And I put them on, on one because I we've had repeated power outages this past fall mm. and winter mm-hmm. and that uh, killed one of the drives in my ne- NAS, my network attached storage. Uh I got a warning message and uh, from it, and I had to replace it, which is, but the whole point of having redundant array of drives yep. <laughs> arrayed is that it, I didn't lose any data, which is great. But I I figured for the cost of replacing a drive, I can get a UPS. So I ended up getting a UPS, and uh, now I have three. I have one my computer's attached to and its peripherals. I have one smaller one that's for my Wi Fi and uh, my cable modem, and then now one for my uh, NAS drives. And uh, the, this way, when the power goes out, I'll get some time. And, and actually, one of the nice things is because I have a Synology, and I think other ones do this too, it connects to the NAS. It's a, I have mm-hmm. an APC, uh, I'm sorry, I have an APC UPS, and it kicks the UPS and the NAS is connect. And the UPS can send a signal to the NAS to shut down, which is really oh. nice. So as the power yeah. gets lower, as the battery starts to run out, it'll say, okay, I'm running out of power, shut down nicely. And so it will shut down. And I have two NASs and one acts as a server for that. And we'll tell the other NAS to shut down, too. So everyone's working oh, great. together, holding hands in nice cooperation
2: <laughs> and singing kumbaya. Yes. As, yes. as we you're, go dark and you're, and you're spending my money because now I'm going to think about it. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: it's 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 good thing. I, have. I, I do the same thing with my desktop. It's set up with the I can get an hour out of the the, the UPS I have hooked up to my desktop. And, it you know, Mac OS, I've got it set up where you know, at like 10% left of battery life shut down, you know, yeah. or two minutes left of battery life shut down, you know, that kind of deal. And that's really nice to have.
0: Yeah, Mac and Windows can also communicate with the uh, the UPS and receive that same signal and shut down automatically when they run low. So yeah, it's really nice. I'm, get, I'm thinking of putting my um, Philips Hue hub, uh, you know, Philips Hue bridge on it as well, because when the power goes out, one of the things that happens is, all the lights come on when the power comes back on. And if that happens in the middle of the night, you can't turn it off until everything reboots. So oh. if, if it doesn't have to reboot, I can turn it right off right away. I was,
1: was going to say, I mean, the, 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 I've got the Philips Hue as well sitting right next to me. And it's like, it's not going to do you any good when the power is out because the bridge will be up, but the light bulbs won't be.
0: Right. That's <laughs> so, with the power. So, when it, so this way it prevents it from rebooting. And right. having to wait for it to reboot because at two o'clock in the morning you want to turn that lights off right away. I mean this happened this happened to us a few weeks ago where we ha- we got a power outage in the middle of the night and it came back right up again like it blipped and like yep. went out mm-hmm. and then up and I'm like ah <laughs> and we're both wide awake. <laughs> you can have the Philips Hue yep. set to not come back on when the power is restored, yep. except I kind of want it to come back on when the powers restored so I know that the power is back. You know right. if it happens during yeah. the day so. Six and one half tons together. So maybe on maybe a
2: future he's... episode, you could we could talk about these because I would like to get one, but I don't know exactly yeah. what my needs are. Oh, that's
0: a good point. So we'll make a note of that. We'll do an episode on, uh, yeah, po- absolutely, uh, power backups and, uh, that sort of thing. We've done disaster prep, uh, well, that's true episodes before, but I don't think we specifically talked in depth about UPSs. So that might be a good thing to do. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely do that. All right. So, uh, speaking, speaking of disasters, Let's get to Mm. our uh, first topic, which is uh, really the the, the surrounding, as everyone knows, uh, Russia has invaded Ukraine. And this wars have been happening, you know, continuously, uh, whether it's the Tigray in Ethiopia and Eritrea or it's the people of Yemen they've been suffering or in Syria. But this is a war in a land war in Europe involving one of the three superpowers, Russia And so that's a slightly bigger deal. It's gotten a lot of our attention and it involves a country that's very technologically advanced as much as the U.S., frankly. I mean, the Ukrainians are as advanced uh, as any European country. And so it gets our attention and it also involves a lot of tech stuff. And so I want to kind of talk about how tech is involved in this from, you know, look at this from the tech perspective. And one of the things we could talk about is how we're, Using tech to keep up with what's going on and why we would want to and what the limits of that might be, we could talk about a little bit of that. Exactly. Um, but uh, the first thing I want to mention is something interesting, like that that actually connects with with you, Father Corey. Uh, mm. It was really interesting to see how uh, the foreign minister of Ukraine put out a tweet to Elon Musk saying, "Hey, we're going to lose our internet access. You know, if Russia c- cuts the lines, can you?" connect us with starlink now, evidently starlink had not been available in ukraine yet they have to turn it on per country and so right away elon says sure turns it on for ukraine makes it free so they don't have to pay and then ship them a container full of starlinks uh the re- ground receivers and it got there in within 48 hours like this is wow. crazy fast so yeah. uh, kudos to starlink you know elon musk spacex uh great job. So what do you yeah. what do y'all think of that? Just to find up I mean, the gray. that's
1: that's one of the things Elon Musk said when he launched Starlink was it's not just for people like me who are out in, you know, middle of nowhere with bad not very good internet access. It's for things like this. It's for things like, you know, parts of the world that are have no service. It's for cases of emergencies, it's for um, so I, I think it's a, I think this is, this is awesome. You know, he's doing exactly what he promised and I guess my hundred dollars a month is going to help him pay for it. And that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and for those who don't, if you, I mean, I would recommend go back and listen to our, where we, where I basically talked about Starlink for an hour, but, um, the episode, <laughs> but just kind of a brief thing is the way Starlink works is you don't go up to the satellite and then it goes to a central hub, like some of the other satellite services does. It goes up and then it comes to a base station close to you within a couple hundred miles of you. So what, what basically what Elon is, what Starlink is doing is they're connecting to some place like Germany or Poland or one of those countries around there that already has Starlink up and running. And so then those dishes are able to, to handle that, you know, so that they're getting, they're getting out of the borders of the country and out into the rest of the world. So that's, no, it's a great thing.
2: Yeah. And see, this is where technology works. Mm-hmm. For the people, for something like this, and it makes me want to look at it later on and say, okay, if it works for that situation, mm-hmm. then maybe I might, you know, want to consider it for myself. Yeah. Although I have absolutely no, what you know, I've, I've got too <laughs> much stuff <laughs> around stuff. here to yeah. get a clean shot. Yep. Yeah, but you know, I and, but I can also suggest it to people who do have a clean shot. If you if you put your money where your mouth is, which I think is what he's doing, then mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is how technology works for the good of people. Yes.
1: Yeah. It reminds and, me. As far as I, okay. I'm sorry. And as far, as far as I know, I think the only people who are getting it right now are like government yes. officials. So it's going to schools. It's going to, uh, you know, city halls, things like that. So
2: Yeah, but there are people hiding in those city halls and, exactly. those, and basements, and it's giving them a chance to get out i mean you you see it now and i hope i'm not jumping ahead you see it now where average everyday people are being interviewed by cnn and bbc and right. you know they're getting they're getting their internet from somewhere
0: right exactly so i was going to say it reminds me of back in the early 80s when pope john paul appealed to ronald reagan and the cia supplied fax machines to the mm. solidarnosc uh the union Offices all around Poland to help them coordinate and communicate, which was a technology that even the Soviets didn't have at the time, or the, <laughs> in the, at least the Polish the Polish Communist Party didn't have, and they uh, they had better communications than than their oppressors did, and so it's a it was a new technology at the time. It's a new technology now, although fax machines technically were much older, but they were new for people. Uh, You know, to get it out there. And so it kind of reminds me a little of that. So it's, you know, really, it's awesome.
2: Well, don't worry. In a church circle near me today, somebody asked me, doesn't everybody still have a fax machine? And I went, are you serious? Only parishes. (laughs) (laughs) And even parishes.
0: I don't
1: have a fax machine
0: anymore. So yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the Archdiocese of Boston, at least the last time I I was, I worked in a parish a few years ago, they were still sending out stuff via fax.
2: (laughs) (sighs) It took
1: took us a few years after I got ordained. We finally got the diocese off of fax machines to, you know, email. Just email.
2: Praise the Lord.
0: (laughs) So just uh, moving on to something actually um, kind of connected to what you were just saying, Joanne, was uh, one of the things that's that's different about this war than other wars, although we've had recent wars where this has been true, but especially in this one, is the ability to follow the events from the point of view of people on the ground, people, mm-hmm. individuals, um, Twitter accounts, Facebook accounts. Um, you're seeing these videos taken on cell phones of battles, but also of mm-hmm. like people, you know, the situation they're in. There's this one video that went around that a lot of people were sharing about of this, this father. Putting his daughter on a bus to evacuate, and mm. by law, no no uh, man between the ages of eighteen and sixty can leave Ukraine. They have to stay to be conscripted. Right, and uh, so he was sending his family to safety. And you know, he, you could see the the emotion of. I mean, I, I, I got emotional watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, of yeah. I'm not sure I will see you again. Sort the sort of thing, and I'm like, this is this is the sort of thing in one sense we need to see because war mm-hmm. is terrible and should be avoided at all costs and this is some of the price of war and so um i've been following some twitter accounts that uh i mentioned this one called the Kyiv, uh, Kyiv independent uh uh you know independent spell independent yourself but uh then um there's a, and I I misspelled it in the show notes, Father Corey, so it's going to come up wrong. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I saw you, I saw you clicking on the uh, the Google Doc uh, link. Um, there's another one, an American living in Ukraine. He's a correspondent for a magazine called Coffee or Die. It's from Black Rifle Coffee Company, which is a coffee company run by uh, U.S. veterans. Uh, but they have a magazine, and he's their chief correspondent, who happened to live in Kiev, Nolan W. Peterson, and he's been showing some of the life. And he had an article uh, in their website about just the people in the shelters and what it's like. And it gives you that on the ground feeling. Uh, I've seen Twitter accounts from Carmelite monasteries in Kiev and Kharkov and uh, various places uh, showing their life and how they're faring. Uh, My wife, Melanie has been following this Ukrainian woman on Facebook who has been publishing public posts about her plight. And, um the you know and how she she's now as, actually escaped uh, she's a refugee in Poland now but um her but talking about just her experience like i can't, it's weird to think of myself as a refugee am i a refugee like that's that happens to people in other places and so just seeing that real experience one of the things i saw that one of the carmelite uh, monasteries the nuns are leading a zoom rosary for peace with people that's around awesome. the world every night that's great i mean it's just amazing this connection we can make with people on the ground
2: have you guys had experiences like this well what i find amazing i'm a news junkie so when something like this happens cnn bbc usually i will watch to see what's going on and what i'm seeing like i said earlier was you know these average ordinary people getting on with this with the commentators but what we also need to, to, to note, too, that it's just this isn't just happening in Ukraine. Russian people yes. who are opposed to what is happening are also taking a big chance, getting on social media where they yep. can and opposing what's True. going on. So we're seeing just who is causing the problem, because in the past we would say it would always be the Russian people, the German people, whoever the yes. people. But mm-hmm. it's not the people. Right. It's right. not the exactly. people. It's the governments. It's the heads of governments. It's the head of one government who want to take over the head of another government. Right. And that's the whole thing. So yeah. we, we have a little bit more accuracy as to who is causing the problem. And we get to have more sympathy for both sides, which in a war, nobody wins, quite right. frankly.
0: That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think those of us who are 40 and up, we remember very vividly watching the first Gulf War and yeah. how revolutionary it was where CNN had live broadcasts from Kuwait, from Saudi, from, you know, from the front. Embedded, You, know, and yeah. you saw the yeah. embedded mm-hmm. troops and we saw everything as it was happening mm-hmm. half a world away. Well, you can do that now. You know, there there are YouTube channels that are just live streams of the cities of Kiev wow. and other cities where, you know, like you might turn on the middle of the night and it's black. Well, why is it black? Because the city is in blackout. Mm, yeah. You know, stuff like that. So there's, you know, this information is getting out there and you can see what's going on. And you can hear the stories. You know, it's, it's amazing to watch these live streams. They're in the middle of the war and you just see some car driving by the guys yeah. going about his business, yep. going about his life as best he can. And then you see some of the videos where the guy was, came up to an intersection and they shelled the intersection.
2: Yeah,
0: I saw that.
1: You know or stuff the tank like that. That
2: ran over the guy.
0: Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That was that.
0: horrible. Who's, who survived, by
1: the way?
2: Yes,
0: yeah, so that was amazing, yes. miraculous. But I mean,
1: there's there's so much of that where it's uh, we can see all of this going on as it happens, and that that's uh, and I, I think that's good. That and that's that's where you know, like the Starlink will will definitely help with that and stuff yeah. and things like that. But it's it's a uh, it's very. Much 21st century warfare that the message is going to get out one way or the other. And we can see it and we can hopefully do our part to help with
2: it. And it's a stark contrast, as you said, even 40 years ago, I was I was a child during the Vietnam War Mm. and that would show up on the nightly news. And I Mm, remember my parents making remarks saying, gee, we used to have to go to the movies to see what right. was happening right in the world war in World War two so it, it, the more information we have gotten in what seventy years yep. yeah it's made such it's made a huge difference as to how we the ordinary person perceives what happens in war
0: The world has gotten so much smaller and mm. so much these things are much more personal um. And like I I remember just even last summer with the the Afghanistan seeing those images and how personal Mm -hmm. how I felt that. I mean I was feeling it viscerally this this event and the same the same feelings here with this. So it's it's really remarkable. One thing we need to do though is is we need to be very smart, wise, cognizant. Mm -hmm. We have to avoid disinformation and misinformation. So be skeptical. Of all unattributed, yeah. unvetted videos and stories, the nice thing—I—I I, I criticize the mass media, the mainstream media, all the time. But in the, times like these, where you can—is what they are really is where they shine. Because mm-hmm. if you see a video on CNN, you see a video on New York Times from from you know the the war zone, you can bet that they've done their best to vet it to make sure that it's authentic. Right. That, I, I've seen videos of like, oh, this little girl stood up to this. Russian tank. And it's like, um, she's in a desert wearing short <laughs> sleeves and shorts. I'm pretty sure that's not February in Ukraine. Like, no, yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, there was another one about the, uh, the, the ghost of Kiev with just the story oh, yes. about this, uh, this Ukrainian fighter pilot who's been shooting down. He's, uh, uh Russian fighter plane after Russian fighter plane. Mm, some of the videos uh... were from video games, because video games are so good these days Um, and other videos or could be anybody you know any fighter jet Uh, so you got to take it with a grain of salt it might be true i'd love for it to be true but Mm. i don't know if it's true Uh, so
2: now now the news agencies are doing a, a bang up job the only problem is is when they get to the point where they don't know what to report on yeah. at this point because nothing's happening. And right. then the talking heads come out. Oh, that's the. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to a. I'm going to get something to eat. change yes. the channel. Yeah. You're just going to know and when they, to change the channel. Yeah. And they also don't
1: know what you're used to say You know, go to commercial. The uh, CNN had a kind oh. of interesting blunder where yeah. they were showing Kiev and the, the air raid sirens were going off. And they switched over to
0: Applebee's commercial that was right on pitch. <laughs> yeah, it was really, oh, it, it was un- unfortunate. It was, yeah, it was uh, not really all <laughs> appropriate. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's not always about intentional disinformation, though. So there mm. is intentional disinformation being put out there right. and propaganda oh, yeah. from both sides. You know, uh, I mean, uh, with, to be honest, I mean, they it's, there's an information war going on for hearts and minds. But uh, there's also the fog of war, they call it, can mislead. So information is changes. Uh, there was this great story from this island, Ukrainian island called Snake Island, which is g- kind of great, um, where there was 13 soldiers posted on this remote island out in the middle of the Black Sea. Yeah. And the Russian warships pulled up and demanded they surrender. The uh, One of the soldiers got back in the radio and told them to do something anatomically impossible to himself. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then the story is, is that the Russians then shelled the island and killed all these brave soldiers. Well, it turns right. out that maybe they weren't. Killed, thank God, I hope they weren't yes. uh, these brave soldiers. Um, but that they were taken prisoner. So you got to be, you know, I think I might have shared the story when it, in the first case. I'm not sure it does any damage in the long run to share the, these stories. But we just got to be, you got to be smart about it. You got to be, you know, and don't take action based on unvetted stories or the something that just happened. So that, it, it, at first I thought
1: it was uh, that that old joke about the the, the naval. Aircraft carrier that was, you know, radioing someone, you know, you need to veer off. We're a lighthouse. You choose.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you that, that's off. what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but <laughs> it's like,
1: but yeah, no, it, it did come out a couple of days later that, yes, you know, from the Russians. But of course. Who knows? Again, this is where Fog of War comes in. Right. Could the Russians be the ones doing the Fog of War with this the yes. information campaign? We don't know. Right. I mean, the radio, the radio transmission, I believe, was recorded. True. That was right. shown to be true. Yeah. Um. The recording was true off of the radio transmission, but that they, then they you know, the part about they died and you know gave their lives bravely for Mother Ukraine is is the is the made question. up part. Yeah. yeah,
2: but the, the, you know how much deep fake can go on nowadays. Well, even yeah. that,
0: yeah. Although you know, that that would be a quick deep fake, I have to say. It, it
2: would be. Yeah. But it could, it's still possible that somebody could have taken that and played with it. you still you, you got to be
0: skeptical. you got to be skeptical. I did see um, someone made a flag, by the way. There's a little tangent. A flag. It was the, remember the Don't Tread On Me flag from the, uh, mm-hmm. the American mm-hmm. Revolution? Uh, so it was, that had a snake. So it showed Snake Island instead of the snake. And it replaced Don't yeah. Tread On Me with the other phrase, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, kind of funny. So uh, another thing, and you actually kind of uh, mentioned this, uh, Julian, uh, 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 a slight reference to this with turning off, you know, the news when they get to the pundits, don't doom scroll. The doom scrolling is that thing where you're just like, oh, things are terrible. And you keep scrolling through social media, watching how bad things are. And that's not just having to do a war. It can do with politics or pandemics or anything else. You need to know when to, when you're, When you're no longer looking for information, but now you're just doom scrolling, stop taking in every dire prediction. I mean, it's a war involving a nuclear power that's led by what might be a madman. You know, that's pretty scary. And I get that. I Mm -hmm. mean, and anybody who's not a a younger than a Gen Xer has not lived under the threat of nuclear war like we did. And uh, so- it can get overwhelming it can really hurt your spirit there's it there comes a point when you need to turn it off put it down the phone pick up your rosary or pick up a prayer book or just stop and pray or do something else go outside for a walk or, mm-hmm. you know go yeah. pet your dog <laughs> play with your kids but do anything watch a watch a funny movie or TV show that that's some actually after 911 that was a big thing for me i was watching obsessively watching oh uh, sure. you know mm. the coverage and then after too. a week of it, I'm like, I can't take this anymore. I went to my TiVo, which had like several weeks of uh, The Simpsons episodes on it that I had never got to, and just watched The Simpsons for a few hours because and laughed hysterically because oh, yeah. I just needed that release. You just got to gotta stop, put down the phone for a bit and go yeah. do something else.
2: I pace myself. I yeah. pace myself. I get up in the morning. I'll watch the coverage um, on BBC or CNN about an hour that's it get off then go back later in the day see what else is happening get off
1: yeah if if, if you remember the comic strip bloom county they always had oh, the yeah. dandelion patch yes yes you know we need the dandelion patch once in a while and yeah doing something as simple as doing exercise or mm-hmm. finding a show you enjoy or
0: just turn it all off and find a good book <laughs> right you know right <laughs> you, you need to you need that mental health break you need that spiritual health break from from the the coverage uh One the interesting aspect of of what 's going on is uh the crowdsourcing of donations both for charities but even for the Ukrainian military i mean I saw a friend mm-hmm. who was like, "I was curious how much a javelin anti tank missile costs and whether I could Ooh. get a bunch of people together to buy one uh for them uh <laughs> a javelin uh. costs one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars so you you would need a lot of friends to get together and wow. buy even one of them yeah war is expensive but uh but it 's interesting and the the uh the The military fund that that donations to the Ukrainian military had collected over thirty three million dollars by Monday, and uh, some of it by crypto people, and that's an uh, an interesting aspect of this uh, the this war is how much cryptocurrencies are helping, like Ukraine, for instance, uh, with donations and stuff. It, it allows anonymous donations and money to move very quickly without having to go through the banking system. So very interesting there. Um, and But also charities. I mean, just like even just on the ground charities uh, popping up, organizing over Twitter, Facebook, that sort of thing. Um, the Another interesting aspect is uh, Anonymous, which is a infamous hacker group. Sometimes it sometimes the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Friend. Yes. It reminds me a bit of uh, World War Two when the mafia, the American mafia, was helping to try to overthrow Mussolini and Hitler in Italy. Um, so the mafia were not good guys, but in this case they weren't bad guys. And the same thing with Anonymous in this case, because mm-hmm. they they for some reason got mad at Russia, and so they've been attacking Russian websites and other internet infrastructure. Yeah.
1: Um, well, and and to be clear, Anonymous is a very loose organization. They yes. are not, you know, there's there's not an official Anonymous incorporated. Right. You know, that's true. it's mm-hmm. any any hacker out there. I mean, it, it just means that there's different hackers that are doing their part to to shut down the Russian internet right. infrastructure basically. Yeah. And they're doing it under the banner of anonymous. Right. So.
2: Right. That's and true. That's some true. of them are prob- probably from those countries. Right. Exactly. So Definitely. they are deciding no, this is the only way we can help. And I, sometimes I wonder
0: whether um, you know, there might be some NSA guys wearing anonymous hats they... in order to Cloaking. Pe- no attention origins. to the the spy behind the curtain.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly.
2: So back to spy versus spy now, aren't we? Right. Uh, another interesting
0: thing is is like commercial uh, satellite services that have been providing real time tracking data to the Ukrainian military of where Soviet uh, Soviet I slip of the tongue. Excuse me, Doctor Fred. Let me help you up. Uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Russian uh, units are uh, attacking. Uh, so that's that's really interesting to see uh, these days. Um, R- Google has. Disabled live maps data, traffic data, in Ukraine to protect citizens, mm-hmm. so that the, the the Russians can't look at it and say, oh, that's where people are driving, or that's where the, there are a lot of vehicles on this road, and it's not one not our vehicles, so it's probably Ukrainian military vehicles or something of those lines. So they disabled yeah. that in Ukraine, mm-hmm. which is interesting.
2: It's unfortunate because then the Ukrainians can't see where the Russians are coming
0: from. Right, but luckily there's all that other right. Um, the, the, the satellite that the, they're, they're being given free access to this satellite data, which right. is, it's just amazing. It's not just coming from co- countries who are helping, but corporations are volunteering help too. It's a, it's kind of amazing to see. Um, the, the, then the other one is like, for instance, Apple has decided to halt all sales from their online store in Russia. They've uh, shut down the Apple pay in Russia. They've, uh, Official Russian news apps, which are basically propaganda, have been removed from the App Store, um, things like that. And then um, uh, one additional thing there's this, for some reason, Ukraine became a hotbed of Apple programmers, people programming for Mac and iOS, uh, which goes back all the way back to the Apple II days. I'm pretty sure, uh, remember that, what was it, Print Shop?
2: Yeah, I remember Print Shop.
0: But uh was created, it was sold by a company called Broderbund, but mm-hmm. but was programmed by um, Ukrainians. I'm pretty sure that's true. I didn't look it oh, up before. Really? Interesting. But today, uh, companies like MacPaw and Setapp are based out of Ukraine. And because c- yes. Ukraine is a highly, like I said, technological advanced c- uh, country. And uh, they have been posting about how they've a people their customers don't have to worry because all their stuff they've been planning for this and all their mm-hmm. stuff's in the cloud and they have operations set up outside of the, the country but also how people can help
1: well and there's there's different software firms and hardware firms whatever that have branches in the ukraine for the purpose of development yeah uh, and it, it's it's really interesting that a lot of the former eastern european countries the former warsaw bloc countries have really taken on uh software development and hardware development uh mm-hmm. as, as you know as a way to uh, way to boost their economies and so on. You yep. know, I know of stuff made in the former Czechoslovakia and Ukraine and things like that. So it it's really interesting that yep. that they're able to use that. It's kinda of like the old thing of you know learn how to program. Well, it's a way to make good money internationally.
0: Uh, definitely, definitely.
2: Yeah, you know, sometimes we don't realize how developed other countries really are because they're stuck in we believe sometimes as americans they're stuck mm-hmm. in a time warp yeah you know if they were part of russia oh they must be very backward no i mean kiev is a what city of four million people yep
0: mm-hmm. very metropolitan cosmopolitan uh yeah european city uh and yeah
2: even though you see a lot of What's what looks like older buildings to Americans can't relate because their oldest building in this country is probably 300 years old. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You,
2: know, you go to another country, the oldest building's a thousand years old. So it's like. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't mean they're backward at all. So exactly. Definitely. definitely. Now,
1: they they are. A lot of these countries are a bit more impoverished, a bit more impoverished, quite a bit more impoverished in some cases. Yeah. But mm. but they have the modern technologies. They, yeah. you know, they have internet. They have cars. They have, you know, all, all, everything, all the comforts of life for many people. It's right. just there are regions in these countries that have much stronger poverty. And that's, that's what makes stuff like this war so terrible, is those are the people that are going to be affected. Right. That's They're going to be the, the worst. worst affected.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So uh, uh, I pray for the brave people of Ukraine yes. and, mm-hmm. and for the people of Russia, that they will be freed from their oppression. Um, and I pray for the soldiers on both sides. That's terrible. Yeah. They're the ones who are suffering for the decisions of uh, of others. So uh, and, I, and
1: I know it's I know this is going to come out after Ash Wednesday, right. but uh, the Holy Father did ask that yeah. today, as we're recording on Ash Wednesday, be a day of prayer and fasting. So, I mean, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. And if you didn't do it uh, on Ash Wednesday, then do it today. Do,
2: you know, yeah. do it on Friday. Or D- do it the Fridays of Lent. Right. You yeah, know, do it for why, the if you're, of fast, Lent. If you're you know, abstaining on the Fridays of Lent, At a fast. Yeah.
0: This isn't going to end tomorrow. No, it is not. These these prayers are going to be needed for a while. So definitely. Excellent. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, our next segment. But first, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Kenneth F., Tim H., Jerry G., Kevin K., and Joshua G. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give. Make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. All right. So uh, let's get to some other headlines. Uh, so th- this headline from uh, Inc.com says, if you scanned that QR code during the Super Bowl, the FBI has a warning for you. <laughs> so Joanne, jo- jo- oh. you, you uh, put this one in our, uh, in our rundown for today.
2: I did because I was I had a few people over, you know, COVID COVID uh responsible people over for the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. it was snowing and most people left early anyway. Yep. <laughs> but this commercial came on and I'm in the kitchen. I I'm, I'm in the kitchen, you know, putting things away and somebody said, "What's this thing? It looks like pong." so <laughs> yeah. now that's how that tells you the age group that was at my house <laughs> so they're looking at I'm looking at it going and somebody pulled out their phone and i said don't do that and they looked at me and i said do not do that you do not know what's in that code and they're like oh isn't it just a?" Co-? I said no there might be something in that code don't touch it so when i saw this article i went ah
0: yes so all of my <laughs> yep.
2: you know chicken little the sky is falling information sometimes it's Pretty good. <laughs> there,
1: there, there was there was a uh, trademark at the bottom of the screen that you could see that it was for. It was for code b- a Coinbase, which is a cryptocurrency. Right. Or, but, yeah.
2: But people in the room that were that I was in, these people don't know cryptocurrency from you right. know yeah. Monopoly money. In so, general, in ge- so
0: yes, yeah. so, so it was an ad for Coinbase, uh, which is a cryptocurrency exchange. And they said that they got uh, millions of people hitting their website. So millions of people did not take your advice, Joanne, or the FBI's. Uh, And I mean, I might have scanned it given uh, knowing what I know and, you know, being somewhat tech savvy and it's the Super Bowl. It's unlikely they're going to be hacked to have an ad, but it's possible, I suppose. Um, But in general, the FBI advice is, you know, be careful about just scanning random QR codes, because like you said, mm-hmm. it can have all kinds of things in it, not just a link to a website. There can be executable code, JavaScript, things like that. And you got to be really careful about like, if you're out and about and you see a flyer taped to a wall with a QR code on it, even if it says it's for like something innocuous, mm-hmm. you don't know. Really? It could be a fake. No. Don't scan that. Yeah. Just in general. I think if you, if you want to link, just, you know, the, the, just, you know, the, there's usually the website, you know, sqpn.com. Just right, type it in. <laughs> right,
2: right. But, you know, during COVID, a lot of, especially restaurants, used QR codes so that they wouldn't have to give you a menu or yeah. they put QR codes in their windows so you could know what they, you know, what they had. Yeah. But when you're looking, when I'm looking at my friends saying, you know, oh, let me see what this is. And I'm like, no, please don't do that because. You, There was nothing there that told you right. what this was about. Yeah. And somebody even said in the room, is, is this, you know, the stage, did the station go bad? I said, mm. no, not with the QR code. <laughs> right. No. But the, to the average person, they're trying to figure out what it is and they're curious. And it's like, no, please don't do that. Just don't do the QR code thing. And then, of course, I had one person who said, what's a QR code? So, <laughs> hey, those are my friends. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so uh speaking of the restaurant thing um i we just my son just had his birthday and we took him out for his uh, birthday to Chili's and the, we got to the table and the the uh hostess says uh oh just scan the qr code for your menu and i'm like but the only two people at the table who have phones are me and my wife i have five kids mm-hmm. like what about them you know and th- yeah. frankly the menu on the phone is just it's never as useful as having it in front of you. Mm. to read the, the whole menu. Right. I ended up asking the waitress and she says, Oh yeah, this menu's over here. I'm like, why did not the hostess just hand me menus?
2: <laughs> it, but it's like, yeah, whatever, it's, but it, it's, it's not thing, as good. It's yeah. a thing because they don't want a lot of hands on things. And I, and I can understand that, but I think now it's becoming a cost cat. I think that. Yes.
0: I think so it is yes. now. I mean, I understood it There's, during COVID, but now, yeah.
1: Well, especially when you go to someplace like a, a brewery or a, a Boutique restaurant where their menu changes on a, you know, mm-hmm. weekly basis sometimes, right, you know, right. like brewery might have, you know, some new beers that come out every week. And so they don't have to new, print up new menus every week. They can just change their website with a couple of clicks. Yes. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And it is it, there. There are times it's very much convenient to be able to just kind of do the zap and go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're when they're hooked up, where after you do that, you can pay in everything right there. You yeah. make your order, you pay it. Mm-hmm. And it's just. Yeah, that's it.
2: And it's also a marketing a thing. Mm-hmm. because it yep. stays in your browser so when you're going through your browser you go oh chilies oh maybe we need to go back there
0: right it's and then they can hit thing. you up to sign up for their rewards thing and send you emails and all that sort of stuff yes oh yes so uh but you know in general be careful with QR codes scanning them you know in gen- in out in public you, you got to be you got to be savvy about it uh speaking of being savvy uh this was an, another interesting story this was from the BBC and it's a story about called the the headline is job fished the con that tricked dozens into working for a fake design agency, <laughs> and it's this bizarre story about this guy called Ali Ayad, who in London, who basically kind of scammed a bunch of people to working for him for basically free. He created this yeah. ad, this design agency. They're making uh, like websites and and other like graphic design stuff. Uh, forty people, more than forty people, I think. I think it was. Uh, they had 40 people on one phone on one Zoom call at one point. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think more than 50 people. He said for this fake uh, agency he called Mad Bird, and it was you got to read the whole thing. I don't want to get all the way into it, but it, basically these people were working there. They on uh because of uh, COVID they it was all remote. There was no people in an office, and people not just in Britain but outside of Britain, they were people were working on commission. Uh, on, uh, you know, if you close the deal to get, you know, the salespeople were working on commission for, you know, you get paid when you close a deal. Other people were working on spec and would get paid. They were, you know, they were on probation and they get paid later. Once they've put in like six months, they'd be hired on as on salary and all these other things. And it turns out it was just a giant scam. And <laughs> and it it's kind of unclear whether this was whether this guy actually got much money out of it. I'm not sure because a lot of these people would have got paid if they had signed contracts and they didn't end up signing contracts or whether it was ego or just a failed attempt to create a company on the cheap because he created like fake people. He created this. Existing company, quote unquote, out of whole cloth and had fake people on its website and stole pictures of other people online and used them on, under fake names as, you know, the VP and the head of HR and all that sort of stuff. And it was all him. So I just thought it was interesting. Did you, what did you guys think of this story?
2: I just remember um, when I was younger, seeing these ads in magazines like, you know, work for two dollars and 50 cents an hour from your house and always yep. knowing that they were fake.
0: It was always a scam. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, so if, 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 if that's fake, this is going to be fa- how can you trick people into, you know, the one woman who decided to look up the um, the address and found out it was residential.
0: Yes, just a bunch mm. of apartments or something. Yeah, you no, know,
2: it it this is like since the dawn of time, they people have been trying to get other people to do either their work for them or get money from them.
1: Right. right. So, yeah. You you mean the Nigerian prince isn't going to send money? You know, no, he's not <laughs> sending money to
2: bail your parish out. Sorry.
1: Right. Yeah, I know. Right. It, it it's and like you said, these are scandals of time, and, and it it sounds like the guy who did it, this Ali Ayad. Was is kind of one of those people who considers himself an influencer. So he's he's you know he's got his Instagram account that people get millions of looks at and all that kind of stuff. And so you almost wonder if it was something like he was trying to get his use this to build his brand on the cheap,
0: right? It mm-hmm. makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. It's really like he put a lot of effort into this. He created fake ads that he took pictures of, like an ad in a magazine mm-hmm. of him in an ad mm-hmm. in the magazine like, and then post online. And when the BBC looked up that actual issue of the magazine, they found, oh no, on that page, it's actually, of, (laughs) Oh, a watch instead of this dude's face. It was, I mean, it's just so much work in going into creating this fake thing that never made any money. Like no money was coming in. Yeah. And that's what makes you wonder, like, what was the point of it? Was it just ego or was he hoping that it would eventually bring in money? But, um, it's yeah, and
1: that's why I wonder if there was money somewhere on the back end for for yeah. this. You know, some some, some money got exchanged hands somehow. Perhaps. Let's just put it that way. I
0: wonder if but it again, was or, it, but again I'm wondering. yeah,
2: or he was trying to build something again on the backs of people, had no intention of paying them, and never got as far as he needed to.
0: Yeah, so right. So it could that's have been possible.
2: stopped in midstream as well.
0: So it's one of the dangers of you know the where you know working to get a job in this modern age where you don't have to actually go into an office and sit down and across from someone and, you know, get interviewed and see where the office is and all that sort of stuff. You can get hired for a company, but you better dig deep, (laughs) look up the offices online on Google Maps, that sort of thing, make sure that it's real and it exists. So, um, and then the, uh, our last headline, uh, well, in the second last headline, this was from the New York Times, and so we've talked a lot about the the controversy over Apple Air Tags and tracking and people putting the Air Tags on you or in your car and tracking your car without your knowing. And so the New York Times had their uh, this tech reporter use use it in this this way. Uh, On her husband, with his knowledge, (laughs) because you know you you don't want to break up a marriage. (laughs) Reporting a story, and so (laughs) she placed air tags, tiles, and a GPS, a fifteen dollar, a thirty dollar GPS tracker that she got off of Amazon, on her husband to watch his moves, movements, and to see if a if he discovered it, b if it was actually useful. So the air tag, thirty dollar air tag, tile is about the same price, and this uh, tracker. Uh the li- uh this particular one could be any this any of dozens that are on Amazon and elsewhere, uh the Lance Air C uh GPS tracker, that's also about thirty bucks with a monthly there's also a monthly service fee because mm-hmm. it's it's GPS and doesn't rely on phones. And it turns out with the air tags, if you have an iPhone, you know, it's pretty you you will get notified that the air tag is is on or about you. It's traveling with you. Mm-hmm. We've we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, although uh, it, she did relate how he had trouble finding the AirTag with his phone because it wasn't connecting properly. And Apple subsequently said that they're going to be improving that. Um, it's supposed mm-hmm. to, it, it, when it tells you, you've, there's an AirTag traveling with you that's not registered to your account. Um, click here to make it make a sound so you can find it. And he had trouble get, have, having that work. So Apple said they're working on improving that um tile doesn't tell you anything there's no way to know that you have a tile attached mm. to you on the other hand tiles are much less popular and so they're harder to track surreptitiously mm. and then this the uh the gps was really good except in cities and in buildings where the tracker had trouble locking on the satellites so um what did you guys think of this i have another thought on this uh as as we go but uh is this just more fear, uncertainty, doubt, or is this a real concern people should have?
2: My husband carries an an iPhone. I can just put Find Me. Right.
0: Mm. That's what I was going to say. I, I
2: don't need an AirTag. <laughs> but, right. And and we keep that open, mutually agreement, because of our age and because we work away from home. So if right. something happens to the other, the other one can get to them, or or you know get somebody's attention to get to them.
0: Yes. My wife and I have the same thing where we have, yeah. we have agreed to, you know, but that's the nasty thing is I, I agree to do right. find my, I with my brothers and my sister, you know, we, we've, we've agreed to do that as well. So we just, if we need to check on each other, mm-hmm. um, it's there and we, and we know we're not going to use it for, you know, bad purposes. Like, what do I care yeah. where my brother is going right now? You know, it's, I, I don't really, but, uh, I've, I've sometimes used it like when my wife has gone out for the evening and I'm like how soon is she going to be home? Because <laughs> these kids are driving <laughs> me crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, usually
2: mine is when to know when he's coming home so that I can get off the desk area so he can because it's tax season. Oh, so yeah. we have to oh, switch yeah. the office around. That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So no, it, it, I think for most people, this is not going to be a concern. You know, you're not going to have someone tracking you. But that has been that has been a problem for things like estranged spouses where there was abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear stories of GPS, the traditional GPS trackers being put in a spouse's car so that, you know, the stalker can find them or this, yeah. you know, this abuser can find them. Um, you hear stories of just random individuals being picked out on the street and, and, you know, an Apple air tag thrown in their, their pocket or whatever without them recognizing it, you know? And so it, it is a concern. And I, I think actually this story is good because it shows how accurate or inaccurate these things are because yes. you know it talks about how like the the air tag didn't always trigger off the mm-hmm. uh its location it always didn't always get its location right right it took like an hour in one case for the air tag to fire up and say hey I'm in this ho- I'm in the hospital at this place you yeah. know things like that so um I think it's good to be aware of both the limitations and the 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 risks of these devices. Um, so it's, 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 I don't think for, again, for most people you have to worry about it, but it is something to be aware of. And, and, and by the way, just and a reminder too, if you have to get an app, but Android phones can also recognize air tags. Yes. There's yes. a special app though, that you have to download from Apple. It's like one of four apps they have. And one of the, one of the apps is, you know, switch over to iOS, <laughs> but then <laughs> yeah. they've got this one that's, yeah. that says, you know, here's, you know, to, to recognize air tags that aren't, aren't
0: yours. Right. Tile said they are also developing an app for to help people to know when it, there's a Tile tracker near them. Um one of the things like th- th- that it does is it, it at least has gotten the word out that their trackers exist because GPS trackers have been cheap ones, have been around for years, both long mm-hmm. before Tile and, and and AirTags. And so but people just didn't know that they were out there. And so this has really brought it to people's consciousness. Um so there's that so I think in general uh, I there's one guy that they talked to in the article who says these things should not exist at all because they can be used for bad purposes like uh, frankly I want to be able to find my phone or you know or yeah. find my my wallet when I've misplaced it uh, just because some people will misuse it doesn't mean that it will mm. that it should never exist uh, but there I think it's good to talk about it to debate whether they where the uh, the uh, the meter the, the the switch goes you know uh, on yep. Uh, tracking versus convenience and that sort of security versus convenience or privacy versus convenience, where, where the lever should be placed on the meet on the, you know, virtual meter of that, that should continue to be discussed and figured out and the technology improved. And, uh, but I, I don't think we should get rid of this, this technology. All right. Uh, one last little uh, bit is I want to recommend a uh, YouTube video that I'm going to put in the show notes from Hallow, uh, which is the app. The Catholic prayer app called Hallow, we actually mentioned it uh, a few weeks ago when we were discussing um, how some Christian prayer apps have been collecting data. Mm -hmm. As we said at the time, Hallow has it collects data, but it was not one of the ones that there were that there were a lot of concern about. They actually and they talk about how they use your your data. But in this case, uh, this is just a fun um, YouTube video commercial for lent that they produced featuring jonathan Rumi, who you may know as the actor who plays jesus in the uh the tv series chose the chosen um very fun uh, you should check it out it's it's very amusing to see uh but yeah it's uh, did you guys watch it, it- I, I i did i got, no, I I got a kick out it. of it okay
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, he's playing different parts where, you know, he's doing, cause he's, he's one of the voices, Jim Caviezel's another one that's in the app yeah. doing, you know, doing readings or whatever. Oh, wow. And so he's doing readings. There's one point where she's listening, uh, the, 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 the protagonist of this commercial, if you will, the, the lady that's using the app, she's listening to chant and you see like four different versions of Jonathan Rumi <laughs> oh,
0: singing the chant, quote yes. unquote, you know, his is headed <laughs> from the side. That was very funny. Yep. Yeah.
1: It's, it's pretty, it's pretty, I'll it's a good commercial. It's fun. Uh, it's fact, a fun commercial.
0: I'm pretty sure I haven't asked him about it, but I'm pretty sure our own very, very own Jimmy Akin uh, has some stuff on there as well.
1: Yes, I believe he does have something with Hallow. He's yeah. doing something with that. Yeah. Matt Frad's involved in it and a couple other Catholic apologists and
0: yeah. No one's called personality, me, but, uh, so. I'm, I'm available. Uh, but uh, <laughs> maybe we can figure out how to get our get our uh, podcasts in there. There, oh, there you go. Well, go. and Hallow uh, is a subscription service, although they uh, they're doing a thirty day free trial for Lent, which is kind of a nice thing. But if you do want a prayer uh, experience, don't forget uh, SQPN's Pray Station Portable at sqpn dot com slash PSP, which you get the Liturgy of the Hours uh, five. I think it's five times a day. You yep. can uh, pray along with the, our uh, our podcast version of the Liturgy of the Hours. So and it's a great
1: time to pray the liturgy of the hours to get into that habit so and this yep. is a good way to do it.
0: Excellent. All right, with that, let's get into our picks of the week and Joanne, you're up first.
2: Yes, and my pick of the week is not a gadget, but mm-hmm. it is attached to Apple. Um mm-hmm. Apple TV Plus of course is, you know, trying to rival Netflix and and all these other, you know, Prime Video as far as content creation. And they came out with a movie that they financed for, I believe, $25 million that is now up for Best Picture Mm -hmm. for an Oscar, won the SAG Award for Best Ensemble Cast in a Movie, Best Ensemble Movie, and it's called CODA. Now, that has nothing to do technically with music, but it does. Okay? Uh, CODA actually is an acronym for Child of Deaf Adults. Mm -hmm. And it happens that the child the coda who is and what they what what the child of deaf adults ends up doing is ends up being the lifeline usually between the hearing world and the deaf culture right and they're there not by their own choice most of the time um so this girl who is a budding musician thus using the same word coda which mm-hmm. is a, a coda in music is an ending that you add on. It's a, it's a, a slightly different ending that you'll put at the mm-hmm. end of a song. Okay. Okay. Um, she is, has got this opportunity to, to leave her community and go pursue her music. And the family, of course, wants to hold on to her because she is their lifeline. So it plays out. It was filmed in Gloucester. gloucester massachusetts and it also has reference (laughs) to berkeley college of music and Mm -hmm. you know i saw this movie cried my eyes out Mm. um because not only does it appeal to me as a musician but in my ministry i've had a chance to work with a few families and parishes who are deaf and i have seen the culture a little bit through the eyes of codas and what they do Mm. for their family Mm. And I mean, Marley Mallon, if she's in anything, I'm watching it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but there's a lot of subtitles because they actually don't translate for you except in subtitle. And then there's one part of the movie. I hope I'm not giving a spoiler away where they turn the sound off totally. Oh, wow. Mm. So we as the hearing world gets to understand what they always have to deal with. Mm. Right. It it's it's a spectacular movie. Yeah, it's a it's a little formula for those of you who are movie buffs, yeah, yep. there's a formula in there and sure. it can get a little sappy, but it's something that hasn't been done before really to this level. Right. And Marley Maitland said in her acceptance speech the other day was, you know, now you get to see that we deaf actors are just as good and just as you know, just right. as um, important to telling stories as everyone else's. Right,
0: right. Yeah. Won a Screen Actors Guild Award. So, yeah. yes. Yeah.
2: So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really rooting for it to win mm-hmm. the Oscar, but I don't think it will. Yeah. But it would be an apple would just be like off the wall if it did. Yeah. Because mm. that's twenty five millions not a lot. Yeah. For a movie. Yep. But yep. It's, it's a really it's a good story. It's a good insight into the uh, deaf culture
1: and no, I, I like the way you describe how they, they handle their conversational you know, their speaking sign language because of course a lot of a lot of shows like that Marley Maitland has been in mm-hmm. where she can speak. Right. So she will say what she's signing as she's doing right. it.
2: Right. right. She's one of the few who can not all of them can Right, And the other deaf actors in this movie I, I, the one who's up for um, best actor I think or best supporting actor, he doesn't vocalize at all. So Mm -hmm. he's completely, you know, sign language. And usually what you'll see, like, like right now on New Amsterdam, they have a deaf character, but there's always an interpreter there speaking. Right. This is you've got to after a while, you don't even notice the subtitles. Right. But and it's and it's burned in. It's not like you have to have your closed captioning on either. It's burned in.
0: Cool. Apple's been hitting all cylinders with their uh, Apple mm-hmm. TV Plus. A lot of really good content, uh, The mm-hmm. Macbeth, yes, absolutely. And this
2: and... See, it's not just all schmigadoon on Apple TV Plus. <laughs> <laughs> or Ted Lasso.
0: I mean, Ted Lasso won an award. There I think go. it's uh, the SAG mm-hmm. too, which is I uh, love Ted Lasso. All right, uh, Father Corey, what is your pick? So my pick is
1: a uh, it's it's actually a, a microphone setup that you've probably seen because a lot of YouTubers will use this, especially when they're doing like. uh... Remote YouTubes or whatever—it's called the Rode Wireless Go transmitter and receiver with lavalier microphone. Basically, it's it's a it's a portable small microphone system, uh, wireless microphone system. And you've seen it because if you've seen anybody with the black Rode square attached to their like their collar or whatever, uh-huh. that's what this is. Okay. Um, and it's it's a really nice setup for portable uh recording and that's what I bought it for I'm going to start doing some uh catechism classes here in the parish and I want to record them both video and audio and I want as good a sound as I can get you know just like I've got a decent we've got decent microphones here because we want good sound for our podcasts well I want decent sound for my recording and so it's it's got the the transmitter which is the actual the, the base that you put on your belt or whatever and then it's got a receiver unit that you plug into your recorder well, that, that transmitter can be, it has a microphone built in itself, but it also has a plug for a lavalier, a, a lapel mic. Right. So you can then, you know, put that transmitter on your belt or in your pocket or whatever and have it on your, uh the the lavalier on your shirt. And it, it works wonderfully. It's, cool. you know, it's got rechargeable batteries that last about, supposedly about seven hours. I haven't stress tested yet to, to see for sure, but it works well. It, it's, you know, it, it. You don't I'm not putting it a long distance away, but it's got it seems like it works pretty well at a you know, about a ten foot range uh from my recorder and, and stuff. So it's it's and then I use just my record the same recorder, my little taskum handheld recorder, just plugs in to the line in and then it just starts recording off of that and it works really, really well. It it's nice. just in testing with it it's it's good sound. You know, it's it sounds about as good as you can expect, especially in a parish hall that's kind of echoey, yeah, but it still picks up really, really well. Actually, it, it's I need to I need to turn the gain down on it, it's it's a little too sensitive for me because I peek it out. I, I one thing we've I've got my my setup here so that it it keeps me from peeking out, but I'm a loudmouth, <laughs> I get shouting real loud and it peaks and you get the, the popping sound sure. and all that. And so, I need to you know, play with it a little bit to get it balanced right, but it sounds really good, so it, it's yeah. a good. Good setup, like I said, they're very common. You'll see them with a lot of YouTubers, a lot of journalists, you know, independent journalists will use them as part of their their uh, reporting and everything. So it's it's yeah. it's a great setup if you need something that's small, it's portable, um, and just works. It works really well.
2: Can this go into Zoom? Well, absolutely you yeah, can. If you've got, the computer. S- if you've got s- yep. yeah. Yeah. Now I
1: don't believe it it doesn't have a USB out. So okay. you have to use something like a mixer or a preamp or something okay. like that, right. or even just, you know, your uh, headphone, if you're, you know, if you're, your computer is one of those that has a headphone mm-hmm. in or a microphone in, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. just plug this into that and it would work just fine. So I could, okay. I could do that here. I could actually be using it to record instead of my uh, audio technica microphone.
2: Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking of something like that myself now for Lent, but we, we decided against I'm doing something live, and I mm-hmm. wanted to also broadcast it, but I don't want to be sitting. I want to be right. talking to the live people, but I need something that will record me. This might do the trick.
1: I think, it, like I said, if you've got a way to get get mm-hmm. a, a mic in or a line in into your computer, it should work.
0: Father Corey, this one that you linked to on Amazon says that uh, it comes with USB-A to USB-C cables, so I wonder if this particular version... Um. That's does.
1: for recharging, I believe. Oh,
2: okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's
1: the yeah, so that it's it does come with them, but that's what you, you, you charge using USB C. Uh, I, I haven't tried plugging it the receiver into my computer. I I can mm. try I should try that actually. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I don't see anything in the description that talks about being able to plug right from USB into your computer and, and get it out.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so the one we link is, is got the a lavalier mic, the, the lapel mic, that, mm-hmm. the, the traditional, but you can also get it without the lapel mic for a little bit for about a hundred bucks less. Uh, so it's, you would right. end up just having to wear the big square thing on your collar or and your, yeah. your well, pocket or something they, like that.
1: And they also have a newer version. This is, this is the older version. It's like the first generation. The second generation, you can get multiple transmitters that go to one receiver oh yeah so you can be oh. if you're doing like interviews you could have you know one receiver and in, in the two microphones so there's there's plenty of options with this the one I this is the one i picked because it worked it's going to work for me really really well so
0: interesting uh this might be useful if i get back to doing uh, coffee and cinema with father uh father chip it would be yep. useful because we were out and about with it and uh we're mm. trying to get good sound is uh is sometimes difficult excellent very good so uh, as this seems to be a thing that we've started where we're getting listener picks of the week, uh, we had one last week and we have another one this week from listener Mike, who uh, recommends the Kosori, Kosari? Oh, who knows, it's one of those uh, weird Amazon <laughs> product names, Mug Warmer and Coffee Cup Warmer. For desk. Uh, he says it comes with a stainless steel mug with a lid to optimize heat transfer. The mug has insulation on the handling surfaces so you can hold the mug without feeling any heat. His wife bought one for him for Christmas and then borrowed it. So he just bought himself a replacement and uh, <laughs> says it's nice being able to stretch out that afternoon cup of coffee over an hour or two versus it being cold in 15 minutes. It's got a temperature control that lets you keep it at a temp you're comfortable with. And he says, you know, not super impressive, cutting edge tech, but boy, does it make your day nicer. And there's a forty dollar option that includes the mug, but there are also thirty dollar options with just the base. And you can also get extra mugs if you don't, if you want to rotate your mugs through the wash. Um, this is really nice. I mean, there have been cup warmers like this for ages, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's nice to have the all in one. I guess you know that to have the the cup that actually is designed to transmit heat because it's metal. Um, I've looked at the Ember mugs before, which is like a hundred mm-hmm. something dollars. But those are smart mugs that have an internal uh, heat source and circuitry and you can set it with your phone to be at the particular temperature. It's very, you know, high tech and all. But this is um nice lower tech, which is but it, it seems to work really nice. So thanks, Mike. That that's awesome. We yeah, love to get great. your listener picks of the week. That's great. Yeah. So and if you want to send in your listener pick of the week, it's technology at sqpn.com. All right. And then there's my pick of the week, which is uh, a Twitter app. This is an app I've been using for years. It's available for Mm. Mac and OS. Uh, It's I think I think it's the best app uh, for Twitter out there. And uh, it's called tweets bot. You can download on the Apple on the app store. And uh, why do I think it's better than using the the homegrown Twitter app? Well, just to give you an example, recently I've seen some friends, Catholic friends talking about, oh, I'm always, you know, getting sucked into these Catholic Twitter wars and, you know, I'm mm. seeing all these these bizarre debates over stupid things and, oh, I can't hate having <laughs> to see this in my Twitter feed. I'm like, well, why do you follow them? Oh, I don't follow them. The Twitter app, you know, shows me these things though because I might want to see it because the algorithm and I'm oh, like, yes. oh, right. Yeah, I don't see that. Like Twitter now has a an algorithm that, fiddles with the feed like facebook does and instagram and and uh tiktok and all that to kind of show you the things you want might want to see i was doing air quotes air quotes there uh because uh it, you it, it knows better than you i'm sorry like with tweetbot i only see the people i have specifically followed in reverse chronological order and that's it mm. i don't see ads i don't see uh th- recommendeds, i don't see any of that other junk I don't see trends, I don't see any of it. All I see are the people I've chosen to follow, and frankly, I prefer it that way. I I I want to follow particular people on Twitter and I don't want all the other junk uh that the algorithm which is seems thinks it's so smart <laughs> wants to shove at me. It's available for for uh Mac and iOS. You can put multiple accounts in there, you can fiddle with the windows, you can have multiple windows open at once, you can see all of your uh uh your you know your mentions, your regular feed and whatever together it's it's really nice it's a really nice app well designed you can mute people for for a period of time you can mute them for a, a day a week a month um i've i've in the run-up to elections i've muted certain people for 30 <laughs> days at a time and then they come off of mute and i go are you ready to be a, a good citizen nope
2: okay back on mute you go <laughs> yep. so i don't have to unfollow
0: <laughs> but i don't have to see the posts.
2: i've had tweet bot for a long time yeah, I highly recommend it.
0: Tapbots is the company that makes it, and they they just have done their their apps are all great, well designed, beautiful apps, and uh, it's 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 good to uh, and and even if you don't do Tweetbot, find another Twitter client that lets you mm. uh, get rid of that cruft in the, the algorithm.
1: Frankly, we could have a whole show on how to how to properly handle social media and. and these kind of issues.
0: That would probably be a, another and good this topic. A, for this us. would
1: be a good start. Yes. And this would be a good start, you know.
0: <laughs> that's a that's actually we will, I'll put that also on the list for a future episode. Where we're going to talk about how to uh, curate your social media for uh for, for good mental and spiritual health. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Excellent. All right, so that about does it for this week. We want to uh, solicit your feedback. What do you think of anything we've talked about? You can comment at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, Facebook.com slash StarQuest Media or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And of course, the links from our discussion and our picks of the week will be in our show notes at sqpn.com. Be sure to follow The Secrets of Tech in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the places, and on your favorite podcast app or at the StarQuest Media YouTube channel, where you should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest, and have a blessed Lent.